Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 159. When you talk about favorite cruise ships, inevitably, the one that is almost always near the top of any list is Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas. The massive ship is as large in size as it is impressive in the amount of amenities on board. And this week, we get a review of Allure of the Seas from a podcast listener who just returned from a fun week-long trip. We'll talk about his experiences on board and discuss what makes Allure such an appealing cruise option. Here we go. I love talking with folks that return from their Royal Caribbean cruises because it gives all of us a glimpse into what their cruise experience was like and provides us with tips, anecdotes, and reviews of their experiences on board. Plus, it's also an excuse to talk about cruising. <laughs> so this week, James December joins me to talk about his recent seven-night Caribbean cruise aboard Allure of the Seas. Welcome to the podcast, James. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I've known James now for a while from Periscope, but now I get to talk to you in person here on the podcast. And boy, it sounds like you had a great time on Allure of the Seas. Let's start with the, the beginning. I love talking about this, getting some insight. Why did you choose Allure of the Seas in this particular sailing? Well, first of all, I will tell you, uh, we chose... Royal Caribbean, and this is a plug to you because of you, obviously, I, honestly, because of you. Um, my family were, and I've, you know, I've heard this a, a few times on your podcast that um, my family is, were Disney family. We're a huge Disney family, and there again, we got outpriced by Disney. So when I got ready to book this summer's vacation, we take a big sum, some family vacation every summer. Um, after listening to you, I finally convinced my wife that it was time to try Royal Caribbean. So we we looked at Royal Caribbean. The allure of the sea was had a lot of activities for my nine year old, so we booked it and away we went. Wow, that's great! I'm I'm so glad to hear that you followed in the footsteps of many Disney fans who came over to Royal Caribbean for the exact same reason. And you know, one of the things I want to also know: so you cruised with Disney before? Was that the only cruise line you've ever cruised with prior to this cruise? <laughs> well, I, depending on how far you want to go back, I, my very first cruise was on Celebrity, a ship of theirs called the Britannus. Uh, about 20 years ago, and then we've cruised on uh, Carnival just once or twice. Uh, I think it was two times on Carnival, and then been four times on Disney. So, Sure, makes sense. Any particular reason why you picked this itinerary over the Western? You know, there really wasn't. Um, I think Labadee was uh, kind of the main one. Well, I have to say St. Martin. Um, I've always wanted to go to St. Martin and see, the, of course, the airport. I'm a big airline guy. I love airplanes. So um, it was it was Labadee, St. Martin, and then, of course, the ship. Nice. So let's talk about what stateroom category did you book? So we, we had booked a Deck 6 uh, D4 category stateroom, um, portside, ocean view. Uh, okay. room, stateroom number was 6276, and I have to say it was absolutely perfect cabin location, everything that we, that we wanted. It, it couldn't have been any better location. So you like being on deck six close to that Royal Promenade? Well, yeah, and it was because we would walk out our door and within 50 feet, you could turn right and go to the boardwalk or you could turn left and go down the stairs and be on the promenade. So it was nice. absolutely perfect. We loved it. So let me ask you, you get on board the ship. This is, first of all, you pull into Port Everglades and you see right. this rather large vessel waiting in front of you and and you get on board. Take us through your experiences on board because I really like, I really want to kind of focus again because this is your first royal experience. What were your, your, your thoughts and what did your family talk about as you boarded Allure of the Seas and kind of got your first taste of 
A, a Royal Caribbean ship, and B, one of the largest cruise ships in the world. Right, right. So we, we flew into Fort Lauderdale the day before, and I made a point to go out and watch the oasis of, of the sea leaves. So we kind of got a little bit of a view on the first night. Um, and then that day when we arrived at the port, we got to the port about 10.30, 10.45 or so. Check-in was no, time, no problem. A uh, little bit of a delay with boarding. But even there in the, the waiting room, just seeing that, that massive piece of metal sitting outside the door, <laughs> we both were like, it, it, it almost, it, you couldn't describe how large it looks standing that close to it. Um, and then when we boarded, uh, my wife made mention that, of course, you couldn't get on the ship without sanitizing your hands first. My wife is a big wash your hands, wash your hands. So, uh, you know, sanitize your hands before you could ever get near the ship. When we stepped on the Royal Promenade, I, I, I literally, both my wife and I were literally speechless. I mean, we, my wife and I, I have a, uh, a camera that had some video on it, and I heard my wife say, this is unbelievable. I mean, it was just, I've told all my friends and family, if you can imagine walking into your local mall, it's exactly what it felt like. It did not feel like walking onto a floating vessel at all. I mean, just totally speechless, just totally speechless. I mean, just the, your senses of the sights, the sounds, the smells, the people, just everything. It was, uh, amazing for lack of a better word. It was just absolutely amazing. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Let's talk about some of the things that stand out in your mind. I always like to start with dining because James, it's always about food. Let's be honest. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Uh, tell me about your dining experience on board. So I tell everybody we're very simple people. Um, so our our dining we did uh, Johnny Rockets, uh, my daughter, just hamburgers and French fries. Johnny Rockets was great. What you'd expect of Johnny Rockets on land. Um, we did Sabor after your recommendation, and you're right. The uh, guacamole was absolutely the best. I actually bought the guacamole guacamole tool and the nice. recipe, and I'm ready to make my own Sabor guacamole here at home. Um. We did one specialty dining. We ate at Giovanni's table one evening. Um, uh, had the most amazing steak. That that steak there is the absolutely best. Um, that was our kind of our one and only formal night, if you want to call shorts and a polo a formal night. Uh, but that was our one and only formal night. Um, Giovanni's table was absolutely great. Um, we did, believe it or not, we did not a single night at the main dining room. Um, we ate. Most of our meals at the Wind, as you will say, the Wind Jameer. Uh, right. My wife found that very interesting that you call it the Wind Jameer, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and now she says it that way. Um, you, you know, and, and we found that uh, in, in Park Cafe, we absolutely loved Park Cafe. Uh, just for, like I said, we're very simple. We didn't want to take a whole lot of time to, to eat because there's so many activities. Park Cafe was absolutely perfect for us. Everything in there we had was amazing. The roast beef sandwich, the cookies, just absolutely everything. So, um, yeah, that, and then, of course, you know, the ice cream and the cupcakes. But as far as the dining, it was pretty much Windjamir and, you know, the, the other, some of the other free stuff around the ship. So Nice. Hey, that's great. You know, cruise vacation is what you want to do, and it sounds like you did exactly that, right? You don't want to deal with the formality of the main dining room? That's perfect. Good for you guys. You know, you didn't, you're not trying to shove a square peg in a, in a circular hole, right? You're just saying, you know what? This is what I want to do. And that's, that's what's so fun about cruising because you can go and, and 
wear ball gowns every night if you want to, uh, you know, or you can you can you know mix it up. You can go and do the Windjamer and and enjoy it up there. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And and I love that your wife is now calling it the Windjamer. I hope she when she goes <laughs> to talk to her friends and be like, oh, what'd you like? Well, we were at the Windjamer, <laughs> and I hope that again, it's that it's that snowball effect. I hope it uh, spreads. Right, right, right. Well, you know, as far as the main dining dining room, you've got kids, and you you know what it's like trying to have a a, a young kid sit for two hours. Yeah, it, it was just been too much, so we we passed. But and, and I and I've heard some. We met some people on board that the that the dining room food was amazing and. It just, you know, it didn't work out for us this time, but it may next time. But we're all good there, though. Absolutely. Good. Good to hear that. Well, let's talk about the activities and events on board. Were mm-hmm. there any shows that you particularly enjoyed or ones to stand out in your mind? You know, Matt, we just real quickly, we went to Ice Games, Oceania, Blue Planet, How to Train Your Dragon on Ice. Um, we went to Resurrection, which was a Journey cover band. Madagascar dive show, the quest game show. We tried to hit every uh, every entertainment on board, and I can say this with all excitement: there was not a single one that we were disappointed about. Every single show was amazing. Every time we walked out of a show, the comment was, "I can't believe we're on a floating vessel." <laughs> I mean, just just everyone. I mean, the the ocean area. To see that gentleman jump from, I think it's like 80 feet up on a moving ship to that little bitty pool, you know, made my heart sunk. Um, like you said, the, the ice games was absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely love that. Blue Planet, I, I mean, you can't even describe Blue Planet. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a piece of artwork is what it is. It's just an amazing. And then if you haven't seen the Quest game show, probably one of the most fun that we had for the entire family during this, during this game show, just an absolute ball. So did you, did you participate in the quest or did you just watch? Um, I think I threw my shirt a couple times. Uh, <laughs> my wife threw her hat a couple times. So, nice. uh, yeah, we tried to get involved as much as possible. And then, um, and then of course I have to, uh, pat my own self on the back. I participated in the belly flop contest. How'd you do? And I finished, I finished fourth. So nice. Respectable. You know, I, not bad, not bad. I was, you know, a little shocked. I didn't realize there was going to be that many people watching my belly hit the water, but there was a lot of people to watch. So, <laughs> lots of fun. I highly recommend either doing it or at least watching it because it was a lot of fun. Let me ask you this: um, Someone was, yeah. if you were, if you were to go back in time and and talk to yourself, what tips would you give yourself about this cruise? Oh man, I, I tell you what, the main thing I think that made so much easy was um and there again listening to you and your podcast was every one of our activities we had booked in advance so you know we didn't have to show up and wait in line we just walked up they scanned our cards we had great seats for every single thing so really you know planning 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 take the time and look at the show schedules and and do your due diligence and and plan your your activities and know the ship um, the ship is so large, just really having a little bit of an understanding where everything is, I think, made made our trip what it was, the most amazing trip I think we've had in a long time. So, Absolutely. I mean, I, you, of course, I've made an entire part of my life about planning about cruising, but I agree 100%. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're not the person James and I are talking about. You're probably already uh, you know, on the right path. But yeah, I agree. Planning your cruise, you don't have to go crazy, but you know, the more you know, 
the easier your cruise is going to be in terms of just being able to you know, acclimate yourself quickly, understand how things work, and then not waste time or opportunities to see certain things. You know, and, and there's so especially on a ship like Allure of the Seas, there is so much going on on board that, you know, having a good grasp of what the ship offers and what you want to do, boy, that makes a big difference. And you're right, if you're on an Oasis class ship or a Quantum class ship and you have the opportunity to pre book your entertainment on board, as you did, that is a right. definite great tip because it's free. There's no reason not to. And right. like you said, you just avoid those lines later on. Right, right. And and honestly, uh, you know, after after we had booked the Allure of the Sea about eight months ago, I went back and listened to all your podcasts about the Allure. And really, other than the, the, the vast of the ship when you first walk in, I felt like I knew where I was. I knew where we wanted to go. And there was no surprises that way. So Good. Great Let's time. Talk about your, let's talk about the ports you visited. Give me some highlights from each port you visited and what you thought of it. Well, we went to St. Martin, um, and there again, per your request, I had gotten in contact with Leo and uh, spent the, the, the day with Leo. Great guy. A lot of fun. My daughter loved him. Um, he took us to some great spots to see, to be able to see the ship over, you know, over top of the mountaintops. Uh, went to a local local restaurant where I think I had some of the best barbecue chicken I think I've ever had, barbecue chicken and rice and beans. Nice. Um, we spent a little bit of time at Legalia Beach, which is it's it's a hidden gem. I can't believe it's out there in the middle by itself. A great beach, um, and then of course we spent a little bit of time at Myho Beach. The little bit to 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 my dismay is that you know this is off season, so there wasn't a whole lot of activity while we were there. But we did get to see a few planes land. Um, San Juan, we it was a short stop. Arrived at seven a.m., departed at two p.m. Didn't even get off the ship. We took that time to spend the time on the ship and just kind of hung out. Um, you know, so not a whole lot in San Juan there. And then in Labadee, of course, there was a lot of activities. We did the zip line, the the mountain roller coaster, the water slide. Um, the zip line is absolutely amazing. I, I highly recommend that. I think that is def- definitely worth the cost of the mission for that. The, uh, Mountain roller coaster, we have done a few of those before, but I think that is probably one of the fastest. My daughter was actually screaming at me to slow down, and of course, th- <laughs> dad didn't. <laughs> dad does not. Um, you know, as fast as you can go, the better. And then uh, we had bought the day pass for the water slide, and my daughter absolutely loved the water slide. So, you know, they're all three great stops, great locations, uh, two places we had never been before. So it was nice to see something different. So. Quick question about the water slides. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because someone asked me in Periscope the other day about it. I don't have any personal experience with it. What was your take on it? Worth the money? Def- I mean, your daughter, it sounds like your daughter had a lot of fun. And the other question I had about it was I had heard reports, again, these are just things I've read on the internet, so obviously it has to be true. But that right. the, uh, the sun, because it's metal, there was issues with it getting too warm. Was that your experience as well? I didn't actually go down it. Um, I bought a day pass for my daughter. It was twenty four ninety five for the day pass. Um, she probably went down it probably 25 or 30 times. So you want to figure <laughs> about it was okay. <laughs> dollar a trip. Right. Um, I, and I had, I had heard that on, uh, some of your podcasts and had read the same thing that the slide gets hot. Um, she's nine and she said it was never hot and Good. she said it was very, she said it was very fast. So she, thir- <laughs> she thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I watched, I think she made a path from the end of the slide back to the stairs. Every time she come down there, she went right back up. So right, okay. she thoroughly enjoyed it. She thoroughly enjoyed it. So 
Good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, you know, and this is it's important to, you know, talk about different things and, and bring in different experiences. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it. And my other question for you was obviously someone who's cruised with Disney before, what's your how would you compare Labadee to to Castaway Key? You know, uh, that that's a tough one because they both have good and bad. Not they both have neither one have bad. They 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 could right. <laughs> that back, but they all have great. Um we liked Labadee a little bit more than Castaway because of the activities. A uh, lot more stuff to do. Um, we are beach people, and we love just laying on the beach and watching the ocean. Um, but as my daughter's getting older, we're finding that she doesn't just like to sit there with us. So there was a lot more activities for her to do, like I said, you know, with the zip line and the roller coaster and the water slide and just more activity, um, more places to go and sit, um, you know. So – I. I think we probably like Labadee just a little bit better than we did Castaway K. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm just I'm always curious to get other people's uh, feedback on there. I tend to agree. I think they both have their pluses to them, but I really like Labadee quite a bit, and I think it matches up quite well. I like it how beautiful it is, really, just this natural right. beauty, especially when you're coming in with all the mountains surrounding you. Uh, and, right. And I'm glad to hear that you like the 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 zip line as well. That is quite an experience. I did it. Did anyone quit in your group? Because we had like like five or seven people quit between the beginning and the end. Uh, in terms of people just getting too scared, did you did you notice anybody quitting? No, we had one, um, two sisters that were right in front of us that were probably in their sixtieth, and the one sister was forcing the other sister to go, and I really thought that she was going to, um, but I think she did scream from the top all the way to the bottom. <laughs> but no, nobody quit that I, I I could that I could see. Um, I think I think what was more scarier. Then the actually zip ride itself is the truck ride up to the zip line. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty bad. <laughs> you know, when you have to put on a seatbelt, I'm like, why are we put on a seatbelt? About five minutes later, I realized why you had the seatbelt. So that was, you know, more scary than the zip line ride. There you go. Um, well, random questions also about your cruise. Did you buy any kind of drink package? The We bought the Coke drink package. Um, I don't drink a whole lot. Uh, I do drink some, but not a whole lot. Um, not enough. And there again, plug for you and your podcast from listening and doing the money. We couldn't couldn't make it work as far as the other alcohol. So we just all three of us had bought the drink the drink packages, the Coca Cola one, and it worked out well. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And that's important. Know you know to to borrow a phrase from Greek mythology. Know thyself, right? Know what's right. what you're going to do. And it sounds like you guys made up pretty well with just you know doing it a la carte, aside from the sodas, obviously. Right, right. And, I, you know, we had um, – I had a couple coupons for buy one, get one half off, so we used those. Um, I actually even looked at – they did offer the, the, the 10 punch card uh, about midweek. Uh, I looked at that, and I'm like, yeah, still not going to buy it because it just didn't, just didn't work out for us. But the, the Coke package uh, works out well. My wife is a diet Coke drinker every single morning, um, so that worked out well. And James is referring to the the ten drink card he was talking about is the drink cards that we we're starting to see more often. It used to be really rare. Now it seems like it almost many cruises, many times. You can't bank on it, but at some point during your cruise, usually about halfway, you will see uh, a option on these cruises where all of a sudden Royal Caribbean will start selling a punch card where it gives you ten alcoholic drinks for a fixed price and the interesting thing about this is you can share the card benefits as opposed to the drink packages which you have to it's you know per person and you can't share and again depending like james just said there it depends on how much you're going to drink and if you can make it worthwhile but a lot of people were while while a lot of people are iffy about the drink package value 
a lot of people really love the value of the drink cards because I think you can right. share them. It's a whole lot easier to get your money's worth out of it. Right. And, so. and since it was midweek, it, it, it would have made sense. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. All right, James, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions here to kind of sure. get to know you a little bit. So give me the first thing that comes to your mind, all right? Okay. Uh, favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship now? Uh, I would have to say right now, Windermere. Nice. Preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? Well, I did partake a couple times, and my favorite drink was a Miami Vice. Half strawberry, pina, pina, half strawberry daiquiri, half pina colada. Nice. Favorite port of call to visit? I think I know the answer, but I'll give it to you anyway. <laughs> well, I have to say Labadee. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go with St. Martin, so th- I'm glad I asked. Well, and... yeah, I love St. Martin, but we, like I said, we're huge beach people, so that was like perfect for us that day. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And lastly, favorite song on the radio or iPod today? Wow. I think uh, if I'd have to think back right now, it would have to be uh, Fireball. Oh, by uh, I was say Keith Urban. It's not Keith Urban. Pitbull. Um, Pitbull. By Pitbull. Yeah. Wow. Nice. <laughs> a little different on that one. Wow. <laughs> All right, brain. <laughs> well, James, thank you so much for for joining us here and talking a little Royal Caribbean. Anytime, Matt. And you know, once again, I I have to say is you know thank you very much to to your podcast and your insider group and your periscopes and everything that you do. Cause it really, honestly, I mean, we were so prepared for this trip and it really, you know, everything from that to now has converted us into a Royal Caribbean. And I'm looking at, we have another one booked for on the harmony for next year. So we're excited about that and looking to do another one here in December on a short one on the independence of the sea. But, uh, really if it wasn't for your podcast and your information, uh, uh I think it may have been a different experience. So thanks for all that you do. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much, James. I mean, the point, as I said, from day one of Royal Caribbean blog and the podcast here as well is to help everybody have a better Royal Caribbean cruise. So the fact that you're saying all that, well, for it, it really is very nice of you to say thank you so much for doing that. And also, I'm really happy that that means I'm actually doing my quote unquote job. You know, it's, <laughs> it's helping people out there and that's what's important. And it's right. fun too, right? Talking about it and having better cruises. It's win win all around. Right. Thank you. All right, my friends, it's time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the podcast where I ask you to send me your Royal Caribbean questions about cruising, shore excursions, and basically everything in between. Really, anything in your mind about Royal Caribbean, I want to answer it. And, of course, you can do so by emailing me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And our first email this week comes to us from Matthew, who writes, Matt, I'm a big fan of the podcast, heard them all, and wish there were more, so get cruising. <laughs> Wanted to get make you aware of an upcoming Royal Caribbean cruise for autism. It's embarking very soon, leaving from Baltimore on Grandeur of the Seas, which you may know as Zumi's buffet ship. Apparently, Royal Caribbean does quite a bit to educate staff on children with autism. I thought it would be good for your listeners to know that families with autism may be traveling on their ships also. Royal Caribbean welcomes these families and is prepared for them. I thought you could look into some of the accommodations made for these families and share that info with all of your listeners. Thanks again for the blog and the podcast. I'm sending my parents on Allure of the Seas for their 50th wedding anniversary in 2018. Let's hope they stay together at least till the cruise. (laughs) Putting them up in lofts and covering all their expenses. I'm hoping that they have the trip of their lives. I would not be able to put their trip together without your help and the help of all your listeners. Thanks again. The Hoffer uh, trending, treading water until my next cruise. (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much for the email. And I'm glad you mentioned the autism thing. Royal Caribbean 
I don't think gets nearly enough credit because they are actually accredited by a group called Autism on the Seas. I actually know uh, the guy who runs it, Michael. He's a wonderful gentleman who's been running this organization for many, many years. And I think, granted, I'm, I'm terribly biased, but that being said, I think Royal Caribbean does a tremendous job with fam- for families that have autism. Uh, and, and this is obviously, uh, people want to be able to take family vacations and not have to worry as much about the accommodations or the environment there for any autistic children they may have. And certainly what Royal Caribbean does is amazing. So I am glad that you brought this up in this email because absolutely, we should definitely make this people aware that it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunity for folks that may have someone with autism to be able to go on a Royal Caribbean cruise and still enjoy it. So thank you for the email. Thank you for the kind words. And I'm glad that, that you had to explain that grandeur of the seas is Izumi's buffet ship. That's a reference to, oh, there's an old episode now where someone emailed me that on Grandeur of the Seas, they experienced an Izumi all-you-can-eat buffet that uh, they were on. <laughs> so, of course, I wouldn't recognize Grandeur of the Seas without someone explaining to me there is a huge amount of sushi available on board. And then I was like, ah, yes, that's right. It makes total sense. Our next email comes to us from Howie writes, Matt, I have a question. I'm booked on Allure of the Seas in a boardwalk balcony about six or seven cabins from the Aqua Theater. I am past my final payment, and I saw that one of the end cabins by the theater is now available. I called to see if I could switch to that cabin, but they told me it would reprice to the current prices about $500 more than I am paying. Does this make sense? I grabbed a resident rate after my original booking, which is only a small savings. Don't know if that makes a difference. At this point, all the boardwalk cabins are pricing the same, so what's the difference which cabin I'm in? I thought it would be cool to grab the end cabin. I thought about calling back on another customer service number to see what they would say. Thanks for your help. So this is a really common question about the uh, you know about about changing rooms, especially after final payment. So here's the thing, Howie. Uh, so after final payment, as you may or may not know, you start to incur penalties for canceling. And when you when you change your room, when you reprice a, a room, you're really canceling and rebooking in the grand scheme of things. And that's kind of where you run into some issues there. Now, in your situation, it sounds like you found a, a stateroom location. That sounds like it's the same category, but a different location, Something a location you would prefer, and Royal Caribbean is telling you that it'd be $500 more than you're paying. There's a couple things you may have to keep in mind. Number one, I don't know how what booking it's something you booked under. Let's say you booked under a BOGO deal, and at the time of trying to make this booking, there is no BOGO deal. There's the 30% off deal. What could be happening, quite honestly, is that the booking, the, the, the discount that you had had has now changed. Uh, that is a possibility. I'm not saying it's the only possibility. Uh, there's there's a lot of different uh, issues that could be at hand. There, you mentioned you there was a resident rate that may have factored into it. Uh, there's a couple things you could do. Number one, yes, you could try calling back again. It's actually not a bad bit of advice if you get an answer from Royal Caribbean you don't absolutely love. Try calling back, you know, another time or two. Be kind, and you may get the answer you like. I would tell you that changing within the same category, even after final payment, is usually not a problem. In fact, if you want to spend more money. This is the other thing is I thought this is where this question was going to go, but it's not. Let's say you're booked in a, a ocean view and all of a sudden a balcony opens up your past final payment, but it's going to cost you more money. Usually Royal Caribbean is pretty good about taking your money. They're, they're not usually against taking it. They're saying, yes, please, Howie, come spend more money. And they're willing to overlook some other issues. But when you're trying to do a lateral move, certainly a move down would be an issue. But laterally, you may run into some small issues there. I would I would do recommend, Howie, is looking at your uh, when you booked your original cabin 
at the at the exact rate you should have gotten a copy of uh, the, the cruise document that has a listing of you know how much each person costs their fare their taxes their fees and compare apples to apples to understand what the difference is I suspect there is a difference in your booking scenario but without more information I'm just guessing and certainly uh, I'm wishing you the best of luck I hope you get that room that you want and for seven nights, five hundred dollars. Hey, if it's a lot more, if, it, if it's the difference between you know being able to see maybe the aqua theater really well versus partially, perhaps that's worth it to you. Even at the end of the day, it's kind of a. I know it's a tough situation in the in the perfect world. You just want to make that lateral change and not have a problem. But nonetheless, I know a lot of folks run into these kinds of situations. And honestly, my advice: once you get past final payment, stop looking at rooms that are available. <laughs> I mean, unless there's a suite or something that's way higher than you and it drops considerably. I just stop looking. It's not it's not conducive for for anybody. Next, we have an email from Jeff who writes, Matt, I had some questions to add to my email that I sent you earlier. How many formal nights are there on a nine-day Navigator of the Seas cruise? And does Navigator Room Service breakfast menu include hot items? I'll be platinum after my Navigator cruise, and I've already booked another cruise after. Can I get a balcony discount on this sailing, or will I have to make another booking? Thank you so much. Great question. So let's start off with the easy one. And I'm actually going to refer to a handy-dandy chart. Nine-day cruise. How many formal nights do you have? You are going to have two formal nights, two smart casual nights, and five casual nights. The formal nights really don't change until you get to 14 nights, believe it or not. When you have a three, four, or five-night cruise, you have one formal night. If you're on a six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, or thirteen-night cruise... You have three formal nights, although keep in mind some 12-night European cruises may have three formal nights. And it's not until you get to 14 or 15 or more longer night cruises, you get actually three formal nights. It's interesting. Now, if you're asking yourself, what is the difference map between casual, smart casual, and formal? Oh, boy. <laughs> How much time do you have to answer this question? I'm going to read you what Royal Caribbean posted. It's up to you to interpret it the way you'd like to. Casual nights are suggested guidelines for these nights are sport shirts and slacks for men, sundresses or pants for women. Smart casual is defined as jackets and ties for men, dresses or pantsuits for women, and finally formal nights, suites and ties for or, or tuxedos for men, cocktail dresses for women. So there you go. The other question, Jeff's other question was, uh, does Navigator Room Service breakfast menu include hot items? They do, in fact. You can get things like uh, eggs are always the one I think of, bacon, pancakes, I will tell you, and, I, and I've said this for a while, you know, you guys know I love Royal Caribbean. I really do. I, I, I think the world of them. I, I love cruising with them. I got to call a spade a spade. I always recommend avoiding at all costs Royal Caribbean scrambled eggs. I don't know what it is about them. They're just call me crazy. I've heard enough people back me up on the side. I don't think I'm crazy. They're inedible. Uh, but that being said, there is hot food items on there. What you need to do, actually, is just on the on, in the back of your door, so inside your room, you should see a little flyer right by your door handle where you can mark down what you would like, and then you put that menu on the other side of your door at some point before, I don't even know what the cutoff time is, if it's midnight or, or 2 a.m. or 3 a.m., I'm not sure, but it says it on there. Anyway, put that out there well before then, and you can tell, give Royal Caribbean a 30-minute window of when to deliver your food, and you can get a mix of hot and cold items on there. So I know a lot of folks do enjoy this just for make it simpler, something not to nosh on before they head on out. Makes total sense. And Jeff also adds, uh, I'll be platinum after my Navigator cruise. And oh, so here's the situation. So Jeff currently is gold, but is going to be turning platinum. That being said, wants to take advantage of that balcony discount, uh, or will he have to be able to make another booking after he turns officially platinum? 
I've had both situations. I actually have had situations where I've been on the cruise ship. The next cruise officer recognized, oh, Matt, you're going to be moving up to the next tier. And they spot it for me. Other times, they, they just book me at whatever I'm at. It's kind of an if you should ask Jeff. There's absolutely no reason in asking. I mean, what are they going to tell you? No. Okay. Uh, but there's no reason not to uh, do that and take advantage of that. So uh, you definitely could try. I can't promise you one way or the other. I know that sometimes the system won't let them. Other times they have a little more uh, leeway in it. But again, ask nicely and you never know what you're going to get. But it's a good question, Jeff. And a lot of folks uh, have that, that question as well. All right, moving on to the next email. It is from Christina Myers. Ritz. Thank you so much for all you do via your blog, podcast, Periscope, etc. Your enthusiasm has me wanting to book my second Royal Caribbean cruise before even setting foot on my first. My name is Christina, and my handle is WNOP Tribe on Periscope. I recently asked you about the nursery options in Liberty of the Seas for my two-year-old. Thank you for all the helpful info, and I would like to, and I would love the link to get more detailed information. I absolutely will share that with you. All right, back to Christina's email. I just wanted to share how we made our decision to book Royal Caribbean as it was so very random. And having now found your blog and podcast, which I've been listening, binge listening for almost a week now, I believe I've won the cruise lottery. My husband and I were just going through the rut of seeing everyone post their awesome vacation and summer adventures while we were working and I had no vacation plan in the near future. I had gone on a cruise once when I was 15 and my husband had never cruised before. We wanted, we talked about doing our yearly weekend at the coast. We live in Texas, but quickly remembered how much we spend for a condo. And honestly, not that beautiful of a beach. Outings, food, seafood restaurants, golf cart rentals quickly add up. And we always end up lamenting how much we spend versus the experience. So after talking with a coworker and me thinking about cruising for a while, I suggested a cruise. I pitched my idea with my enthusiasm and all the inclusive nature that I remember from my experience. We live in a state, so it's not too far of a drive from Galveston. I started researching online from your podcast. I now know to book with a travel agent and have noticed from booking hotels in the past that I would usually get a better rate from calling the different websites. So that's what I did. I called two, book, two cruise booking websites, Carnival and Royal Caribbean. And these were my exact parameters in choosing, I would say, find me the cheapest cruise seven days in August out of Galveston. Any question they would ask, I would say cheapest available. They would laugh, and so I would, but I would be considering I wanted to prove to my husband that we could spend less on a seven day cruise for our family than a weekend at the Texas coast. I was on a mission. Mind you, I was calling in July and was looking to sail somewhere in three to six weeks out. Royal Caribbean came in with an offer we couldn't beat for our family of three, $1,249 on Liberty of the Seas sailing on August 28th. We chose guaranteed interior stateroom, and this included taxes and fees, not gratuities. We said, <clears throat> let me get this right, YOLO, book it. When I started researching the ship and itinerary, I remember the only thing I cared about was when calling in was the price, LOL. I was blown away. At first, I thought I'd be limited by chilling by the pool and exploring ports and cruise buffets. Again, what I remember from the old days of cruising. But oh, how wrong I was. I immediately started planning our excursions and figuring out what activities we could do with a two-year-old. After stumbling on your blog and podcast and talking to friends who have cruised, I feel like I won the lottery. Not only did we get Royal Caribbean and the Amazing Liberty of the Seas, but we got it way cheaper than the alternatives. Now I can't imagine not selling on Royal Caribbean and can't wait to try all the restaurants that, and stuff that you suggest on the podcast. I plan and booked our excursions before finding your podcast and after researching TripAdvisor and other sources, independently booked the following. Would love to hear your thoughts. All right. Love sharing how to spend more money. Number one, Roatan. We're doing the Mayan experience with a native choice, visiting the Chacobin ruins, and then visiting a Mayan village where a local family makes lunch. Well, I love the idea of the lunch thing. This is fantastic. So I'm giving you the thumbs up on this one. All right, number two, Costa Maya, Mexico. 
We are doing Bowden Tours Zip and Dip. We'll go to Victor Mon- Victor's Monkey Business and enjoy the parrots and monkeys with my two-year-old. While my husband does their zipline adventure, we'll then head to Bananarama Resort for relaxing rest of the day. Again, Costa, Costa Maya, I'm giving you a thumbs up. The only My only recommendation, I'm everything you, you're, you're listening here, Christina, sounds awesome. I I would be remiss if I didn't mention my absolute favorite all-inclusive resort in Costa Maya. Actually, anywhere, but it happens to be in Costa Maya. And that is Maya Chan Resort. It is a resort uh, in Costa Maya. It's run by a bunch of American expats. I think I've talked about this on the podcast. certainly talked about it on Periscope before. I love it. It's amazing. I was blown away by the level of service there. But your plans are pretty good, too, so I can't uh, I can't knock that. And in Cozumel, Christina says, we decided to get away from the crowds and check out the Pearl Farm. I haven't heard of this on the podcast. I'm still binge listening. I've never even heard of a Pearl Farm in Cozumel. I'll be honest with you. In Cozumel, I, I think I've said this before, my approach is always simple. I don't actually book any excursions per se. I certainly haven't in a really long time in Cozumel. I just explore. I walk around the city. Uh, San Miguel, which is the main city in Cozumel, is really easy to walk around. Tons of restaurants, tons of shopping. To me, it's an opportunity just to hang out. And since you're already doing the Mayan ruins in Roatan, you know, I, I'm sure you've gotten your your Mayan ruin fix. Uh, so going over to the mainland may not be that important. And I would, again, if it were me, I stay and I just eat. That's all I care about. I just want to eat. <laughs> but that being said, uh, I've not, I can't tell you one way or another about this pearl farm. But uh, if you, as an alternative, something to keep in mind is you can always just wing it and walk around the city, take a taxi in. It's like eight bucks each way. Very easy. Christina writes, uh, I tend to be more go-with-the-flow, relaxed, royal type of traveler, but with a two-year-old and a husband who's all about the ports, I wanted to make sure we had a good time. Sorry for the rambling, but just very excited for our upcoming Royal Caribbean cruise. Would love any insider tips, tricks, or suggestions, and uh, thank you so much. Awesome. Well, Christina, thank you so much for the email. It's I think you got a really good plan here, and I will add, again, I think the two-year-old can, you know how it goes with the two-year-old some days. They're very easy to work with, and other days, it's like, oh, jeez, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's go back to the ship at, like, 1130, because that's all we can handle. Um, I would tell you, and I know this is going to be sound crazy, and it did sound crazy to us, and it still sounds crazy to my my in-laws think we are the craziest people for doing this, and uh, I think we they get into a pseudo-fight with my wife every time we, we suggest it, but we're in Cozumel. We leave our kids on the ship and explore on our own. Uh, my wife and I have done this many, many times now. feel very comfortable with it. Uh, we, we really do enjoy it. And that way we can do things like what I mentioned earlier, just walk around and you know eat and drink and shop without the two-year-old there. Now, I will obviously a couple things. Number one, the two-year-old being in the nursery will cost you money. It's not included. They're not at Adventure Ocean yet. So there is an hourly charge that I think it's the best you know $8 an hour I've ever spent in my life. But to each their own. And certainly there's a comfort level. Some people are not comfortable with leaving their children on the ship. The number one reason I always hear about this is because they're concerned that there's really no means of contact back and forth between the ship and the and the and the parent. And I and I get that. My take on it is I I I have a more of a glass half full kind of approach, I suppose, and I say that, you know, I'm sure they'll be fine. They've been in the in the nursery times before that. They they understand it. I'm comfortable with the nursery staff, so you know, I don't I don't worry about that all too much. But I can certainly respect that if that's a concern for you. But uh, I'm sure the Pearl Farm is great. I mean, it sounds like, Christine, you did your research and you, you looked it up. So I'm sure you're not just going to something randomly. Um, and I think you're going to have a great time. This sounds like a wonderful itinerary. You pick a great ship, by the way. Liberty of the Seas. Fantastic. And for, the only 
bad part is your two-year-old is too young to appreciate the most amazing thing about Liberty of the Seas, which are the new water slides. That's all right. You and your husband, I'm sure, Christina, can enjoy the uh, wonderful fun that is the what they offer, and your two-year-old will can have photos of waving at you. So check it out there. Christina, I think you have a great time, really great time uh, on this cruise. You've chose very wisely, my dear. So I'm giving you the big thumbs up again on that. Cool. Great email. Wow. All right. Well, we've got time for another email or two. Let's move on to our next question. It's from Tom, who writes, Matt, love the podcast. I miss you and the mics on the WDW Today podcast, but at least Len is still there. Uh, I've heard on your podcast and seen on different websites about how drinks work on Royal Caribbean cruises. I think I understand the drink packages and all that. What I would like to know is if there's ever an option to have a glass of milk. I don't see that mentioned anywhere, and if milk is provided at some point, is that part of any of the drink packages? This may sound crazy, but one of the highlights of my Disney cruise I sailed on in October of 2014 was the milk at the drink station first thing in the morning. They had to be the coldest milk I ever encountered, and it was so good. Thanks for all the information I've been learning on the podcast. My wife and I are booked for September 2017 on a five-night from Baltimore to Bermuda for our 20th wedding anniversary. Tom, great question. First of all, thank you for the email. And let me say something. If, if anybody has experience with milk on a Royal Caribbean ship, it is this guy. Do you know why this guy has a lot of experience? Because inevitably, a question is given to me around just about the time I'm ready to relax and lay down for the evening. Uh, honey, uh, we don't have any milk for the baby. Can you go get some? <laughs> and of course, as a good husband, I, I do my due diligence. Of course, my dear. Your wish is my command. And then I <laughs> go in search of milk. And believe it or not, it's a little... Sometimes... Late at night, it's more difficult. And during the daytime, it's very easy to get milk. Uh, so, yes, there is plenty of milk. It's all included, actually. You don't have to pay anything extra ever for milk. It's available uh, everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but in many locations. The Windjamere is the easiest, best place to find milk. No question about it. Second best place to find milk is going to be probably with a nursery, actually. This is a really good tip. If you're ever picking up your kid from the nursery late at night and... You know, you're going to obviously they're going to be woken up more than likely by the experience. The next thing you want to do is, say, hey, can I grab a thing of milk and they'll give it to you? No problem. So that's another good one. There is usually a cafe promenade will probably have some milk there. Depends on what ship class you have, right? If you're on a Oasis class ship, you can go to Park Cafe. They'll have it there. A lot of the grab and go places will have it. Certainly room service is always your backup option. The only problem with room service is that it just takes a little bit of time. But if you plan well in advance, you know, if, if you know that bedtime is coming up and you're in your room already, you can call ahead and get it. And a couple other snacks, because why not? Room service is included in your cruise. So it's it's not a bad idea, you know, to be able to uh, to take advantage of that. So you'll have plenty of choices. Room service is always your backup. But during the day, I mean, any of the restaurants are going to have it as well. So in Thomas, if you want your morning milk, certainly the Windjamere is going to have it. And uh, you'll have it uh, taken care of. So good uh, good luck to you there and i got time for i think one more question one more question all right last question of the day it is from boris who writes my wife and i will be in cozumel september 12th to the 17th 2017 i know you have a favorite restaurant to recommend we are at hotel grand park sorry hotel grand park royal cozumel which is all inclusive but thought we would still venture out my wife is competing for team usa at the 2016 international triathlon union world triathlon amateur championships wow and then we'll have some fun cruising on Alert in October. So two busy months. Yes, my uh, the restaurant I recommend in Cozumel is called Comida Caseras Tonita. Uh, just search Royal Caribbean Blog. I'll put a link in the show notes. But it's called T O N I T A. Whenever I before I knew where it was, and I still am a little leery on where it is. Um, yes, locals, and you just say, "Oh, Tonita is usually what they 
they uh, they recognize it as. It's a great restaurant. Uh, what I love about it is it's a it's a restaurant run by. Uh, it looks to me like, and again, I don't speak Spanish because the, that's all the, all they speak in the restaurant. It, it's a it's a mom, and I think her daughters. Uh, it's well, let's just say some women who run the restaurant, and it is it's frequented purely by locals. There's no one speaks any English there. there the menu actually is in English and Spanish, which is kind of bizarre considering no one speaks it. But nonetheless, it's very cool to be able to uh, go there because they have amazing food, just amazing. If you if you like. Uh, Mexican food in any uh, kind of way, fashion, or form. You have to. You gots to check out the local food there. In fact, I mean, it's really hard to go wrong with any of the local food in Cozumel, but I, this particular restaurant I love because it is just an opportunity to, to go and, and, and experience the real thing. That's always my goal anywhere I go. I, I really like to experience the real thing. I really lament tourist traps and food or drink that I can get anywhere else, right? I mean, to me, and and this is this is just my opinion. If you enjoy going to, you know, uh, Margaritaville or or Hard Rock Cafe, more power to you. Hey, it's your vacation. You experience it the way you want. For me personally, I like to experience the local culture and food, uh, especially if I can get the real thing. Because you know, you go back home, you can eat all the you know chilies and all the other stuff they have there but nonetheless uh it, it's important to be able to uh to for me to go check out the local food and uh comida caseras tonita to me is the best place in cosmo i've not found another place yet that that rivals it so it's a good question boris and thank you so much for the email and thank you to everyone else who's uh sending their emails for this week love answering your uh questions of course do you have a question a comment a thought really anything about rural caribbean I want to answer it, so send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, and love to read it, because, hey, this is our opportunity to talk Royal Caribbean together every week, so looking forward to that, and thank you again for checking out the podcast this week, so until next time, I'm Matt Hochberg, and we'll talk again soon.